Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. From the broadcast to the podcast, it is your man DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at our blog spot, hand on my Uwego. We invading airwaves. Yes, y'all, yes, y'all, tell a friend to tell a friend that we are online. Once again, it is another edition of Cool Radio, and it is your man, DM Cool. And we've got a lot in store for you guys today. So it's no secret, we're going to be talking about the, I don't even want to call it rise and fall, because at this point, it just seems like the falling and falling and tumbling of Kanye West, but we will definitely get into the latest with regards to that. On top of that, we also got uh mention a few things with regards to the release of black panther new music from nas coming soon apparently and then a little bit more from the kanye fallout so we got a whole lot of that in store for you guys today but before we get into all of that you already know how i like to do at the beginning of each and every pod you see i got some things to get off of my chest if you will so that being said i think it's time to let that itch breathe. Let this bitch breathe. So, on this week's edition of Let That Itch Breathe, uh, it's important to note that the release of Black Panther Wakanda Forever is on the horizon. It's about roughly two weeks away from release. Um, worldwide release, I should say. and For the viewing public. And the reason why I mention all those things is because of the fact that this past week, uh, the world premiere for Black Panther took place in Hollywood. Uh, so basically, this event was open for media, other celebrities alike, and then I don't know if there were like just regular common folk who could like buy a ticket to go see it. I'm sure the ticket was like massively expensive just because of like all of the people who are there for the premiere. But nonetheless, that was made available as well, and a lot of people showed out to it. And one thing that was mentioned throughout many people who went to go see the movie, uh, as far as like film critics and other celebrities and things of that nature, is that they all gave their reactions. So they gave their reactions to the movie, uh, not their reviews or anything like that specifically because of the fact that there is an embargo on the movie. And the movie cannot be reviewed until maybe a week or like a few days before its uh, initial release worldwide. So, for now, people are only limited to giving their initial reactions coming coming out of the uh, the movie. So, based on all of that, a lot of the reactions have been positive. Uh, it sounds like this movie could be a critical success. Some people even went on to say that this is a top five MCU film. One thing that I did notice, however, is that this movie, based on the reactions that I've been reading and seeing on YouTube is that it's a much needed departure from the current tone that we've been seeing in the MCU over the past year and even a little bit into last year as well. So a lot of people, while they did like, you know, movies like Shang-Chi and Spider-Man No Way Home, 
when it came to their other movies and shows, whether it was Hawkeye or Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Miss Marvel, and She-Hulk, which I touched on uh, on the last pod, the receptions to those projects have either been very lukewarm to not satisfactory at all. And the common denominator between all those projects, Thor, Love, and Thunder, I forgot to mention that as well, um, the commonality between all those projects is the fact that it they tend to rely heavily on humor. And either there's too much humor, the humor could be good, but there's too much to the point where it takes away the stakes of the, of the conflict, like in Thor, Love, and Thunder, all the way down to these jokes just aren't funny and there's too many of them and I feel like I'm wasting my time, She-Hulk. So, for a lot of people to say that it is a welcome departure from that is very relieving to hear on that end, to say the least. Because while Marvel's, you know, comedy shtick has been criticized before in the past, I feel as though it has been more criticized than it has been within, like, the last year and a half, give or take. And I I tend to agree. I feel like they've been using it as a crutch as of late. So it's good to hear that you know, Black Panther is taking seemingly massive steps away from that. Mind you, I'm sure there's going to be humor where humor is needed. I mean, for example, I saw a sneak peek clip of uh, Wakanda Forever a couple of days ago, uh, a scene involving Okoye, Shuri, and Riri Williams, and there was some humor in it. And the humor made sense. It was funny. Mind you, I don't know where that portion of the scene comes in to play with the rest of the movie. I don't know if that's within the first or the second act. Most likely probably the first act because it's introducing the Riri Williams character. But it was funny. But knowing how Kugler directed the first film, I feel like it was properly placed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that assumption, basically just giving the benefit of the doubt to Kugler and his uh, directorial style and what have you. Uh, so I say all this to say that at least on the end of just a generally good film, I feel like that's what we're most likely going to get. And going back to Ryan Coogler, this is somebody who's on his fourth film now as far as directing, and he has yet to miss. He did not miss with Fruitvale Station. He did not miss with Creed. And he did not uh, miss with uh, the first Black Panther film. And two out of those three films belong to bigger franchises. So Creed belonging to the Rocky franchise, which is one of the most iconic film franchises in history i'd probably place a top 10 and then you know as far as black panther goes not only is black panther a franchise within itself but it's a franchise within a franchise that being marvel studios so he definitely has a good track record solid track record he's at this point he's basically the kendrick lamar of the film industry in the sense where he has yet to produce an okay movie or a bad movie at the very least so i at least have faith and hope in that aspect i'm still weary of how i'm going to be able to process things with the loss of chadwick boseman of course and i know they're going to make the death of t'challa a a focal point within this film just based on these reactions that i've been seeing and hearing also the trailers and what have you and while i am still on the fence uh, or not on the fence on the other side of the fence where i do think it was a mistake for them to not recast the role I'm going into this film saying to myself, okay, we already know that T'Challa is not going to be in this film, so there's no reason to, 
I guess yeah, I, I don't I don't want to say complain. I feel like complain is the wrong word, but there's no need going forward at this point in the immediate future leading up to the film to continue to, you know, rant about that, so to speak. Of course, you can have separate conversations going forward about, you know, his appearance in the MCU, if there will be any, as a form of, like, a variant or whatever the case may be. But I think it's important for whether you're a Marvel fan, a Black Panther fan, or just a general moviegoer to kind of walk in and try to have an open mind at the very least or or even just to have you know like the lowest of expectations just to just walk in and hope that you get a good movie i think that's what i'm hoping for i just hope that i'm walking in to a good movie because if you guys have been on my you know little podcast radio journey you know for however long now at least within the last five years when the first black panther movie was was, was gearing for release i i went out of my way half the time to to include at least a segment of Black Panther in every broadcast that I did. Because I was that excited. This time around, I'm not as excited for the reasons I've stated before in the past. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't want to see it. It's still a Marvel film at the end of the day. It's still a comic book based film. It's It still has sci-fi elements. Like th- Those are all of my... All of my jams all put together. So I'm going to see it. And also I want to see how it progresses the larger narrative within the MCU. Also, not to mention, I feel like the MCU has been on autopilot uh, for the last little bit now during this this current Phase 4. So, after seeing, you know, projects like Thor Love and Thunder, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, um, Hawkeye, like all these projects that I felt very lukewarm about, to say the least, I'm due for an upgrade. <laughs> you know what I mean? I am due for an upgrade, and I feel like many people... Uh, who are fans of the MCU feel the same way as well. So here's to hoping that Black Panther Wakanda Forever is going to be a solid um, entry into the MCU. I'm not hoping for it to be better than the first. I'm not hoping for, for it to be top five MCU. I'm not hoping for it to, to, to grab an Oscar. I'm just hoping that it's good and that it progresses the overall plot of the MCU and that I hope they do the character Namor justice because Namor is a character that I've been wanting to see in the MCU for quite some time. And whoever dons the Black Panther mantle, most likely it's going to be Shuri. I don't think that's much of a mystery, but hey, stranger things have happened. I hope all that is handled with care. Again, I'm still on my side of the fence about or. T'Challa should have been recasted, but since that ship has come and gone, for now at least, let's hope that we just get an overall good film and that everyone who was in the previous film steps it up a few more levels, and for all the newcomers who are coming into this film, I hope they put in that same energy as well. That's all I can hope for, so... Either way, what, what do you guys think? Have you guys seen the trailers? Have you guys seen the commercial spots on TV or even on the internet? Have you guys seen any reactions from any YouTubers or media critics or anything of the sort? Either way, let me know what you guys are feeling. Hit me up with your thoughts. Share your thoughts on, on uh, all my social media platforms, and let's talk about it. All right, speaking of talking about it, one thing that I don't want to talk about, to be honest, I said this well a couple of weeks ago on the last pod, but nonetheless, there has been some fallouts. Is Kanye West, 
And this will be the bulk of the mic check segment of the week. So that being said, I can't even remember where we last left off on Kanye. Um, let me take a quick gander as far as what we discussed. Oh, yes, of course. The White Lives Matter t-shirts at the Paris Fashion Week. Of course. Of course. Okay. I had to remind myself real quick. All right, well, there has been some backlashes of Fallout and more things that he has got himself into since then. So, let me give you all a rundown of what he's been up to since then. So, since that whole thing blew up, he's also been going off and making these anti-Semitic rants, whether it's on social media or on other people's platforms. He allegedly did so on an episode of The Shop, which is produced by... Uh, LeBron James for his uninterrupted brand and the comments were so harsh and they're coming in at nauseum to the point where that episode of the shop did not even get aired they just scrapped it all together because they didn't, just didn't want to be associated with anything that may come across as uh, hate for another another ethnicity or another group or whatever the case may be and I don't blame I don't blame LeBron for that he's a businessman he knows you know what to put out what not to put out and he just doesn't want to damage his brand just for Kanye's ego, so good for him on that. Uh, on top of that, he made anti-Semitic remarks on the Drinking Champs podcast, which is co-hosted by Noriega, and he went off on a tirade on that platform. He also made a, tir uh, a tirade on the platform of Piers Morgan, where the interview was apparently an hour and 40 minutes of him just bloviating about a myriad of topics, but anti-Semitism being one of those topics. Uh, I think even at one point he said something about how me making comments, and I'm paraphrasing, mind you, but he said something to the extent of me making comments about Jewish people shouldn't even be considered bad because because I, as a black person, am technically Jewish too. I'm like, okay. Uh, I'm not even going to address that. That I don't even want to address that because, you know, screw it. I'll address it real quick and I'll, I'll continue down the list of things that he's been saying and things that he's been getting up to. One thing that I've noticed is that there is a vocal minority, emphasis on the on the operative term vocal minority of black Americans specifically who equate them who either equate themselves to the Jewish community or they lambast them, which for me I don't understand why. They either compare themselves to the Jews in the sense that they are descendants of them to a certain extent, which all genealogy proves that that's categorically incorrect. And then you also have another half that just criticize the Jewish community because of all because of I guess all the wealth that they've amounted over time. But they some of them speak on it in the sense where it was just handed to them, which is not the case. So I really wish that people like Kanye or like Nick Cannon and, and other people of that nature, for example, would stop sending stray bullets towards the Jewish community. Just leave it alone. Anyways, I just want to get that out there real quick. So on top of all of that, because of all of that, I should say, a lot of brands that he's been partnered up with for several years now, which includes Adidas, Balenciaga, Chase Bank, and Def Jam, apparently, have all ended, ended their partnership with Kanye West. Now, the one about Def Jam is a little iffy because there are conflicting reports. There are reports saying that he got dropped from Def Jam, but there are, all, there are also other reports stating that he and Def Jam parted ways uh, a while back. So... Which is which, who knows? Um, that could also stem to good music specifically, not being associated with Def Jam Records anymore as well. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. 
Regardless, a lot of brands are backing away from him because he's toxic at this point. On top of that, he tried to get into the Skechers building. So Skechers being the sneaker that's basically designed for people uh, who are in that middle age category. He tried to get a deal with Skechers, apparently, and they just escorted him out of the building. Uh, multiple athletes ended their partnership with Kanye West through his sports agency, Donda. Uh, and one of those athletes includes the forward for the Boston Celtics, Jalen Brown. He decided to part ways because he didn't want to be associated with that. And on top of that, and this one's a bit more of an older story, but I'll still mention it anyway. He is being sued by the family of George Floyd for his remarks regarding uh, the death of George Floyd, which, as we all saw plain and clear as day, was by being assaulted by a police officer. But he tried to make the claim that it was fentanyl that caused his death. So they are suing him for, I believe, $4.5 million uh, in that regard. But then the funny thing is, well, not funny, but the ironic thing about it is that he apologized for it. But his apology, his apology rather, was very backhanded and very underhanded as well. You're probably wondering what I mean by that. Well, let me read you a quote of what he said. And I don't want the Kanye heads talking about, oh, he didn't mean that. He didn't mean that. No, 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 no. We're well past that now. We're well past that. But anyways, this is what he said. And I quote. So when I asked, when I questioned the death of George Floyd, it hurt my people. I want to apologize because God has showed me by what Adidas is doing, by what the media is doing. I know what it feels to have a knee on my neck right now. Oh, really, really? This is a prime example of two things, rather. One, you're tone deaf as fuck. And two, this is a prime example of a lack of self-awareness. So not only do you compare your spats with the media being akin to the murder of George Floyd, but you took it a step further and including the dra the graphic nature of as to how he was murdered and using that as a metaphor to describe how the media, quote-unquote, is making you feel right now. I mean, if that isn't some Gina Carano type of bullshit, then I don't know what is. <sighs> Man, uh, that one left me speechless. Like, you can't be that tone-deaf to make a comment like that, knowing how how painful of an experience that's been for the family and other people alike who witnessed that. And you're using that to describe your own self-inflicted plight, if I may add. It's, I mean, we're even getting to the point where Goodwill, good the, the, the company that accepts old and tattered clothing, Goodwill doesn't even accept donations that are from Kanye's clothing brands. So if you want to get something from the Yeezy collection to donate to Goodwill, they won't even accept it. This is where we're at right now, ladies and gents. Kanye is radioactive toxic. Nobody wants to be associated with Kanye and with good reason. And what I want to know 
are what his loyal followers are thinking about this right now. So whether it's the people who have been around since Yeezy, or sorry, Yeezus, I should say, where his sound just completely changed overnight, in my opinion, or whether it's the people who have been with him since day one who are still hanging on for dear life because nostalgia. You've got to come to a point, and I'm not, I'm not forcing people to like pick a side or anything like that. You choose what you want to choose. But based on what's being presented right now and what has been being presented over the last several years or so, what I'm curious to know is what is keeping you from parting ways with Kanye West as a fan? That's what I want to know. Is it the sneakers? Is it the clothing? Is it his current run of music? Because I get that music is subjective and art in general is subjective. But what I've heard from Kanye over you know, the last few recent years at the very least is nothing close to inspiring to say the least. So what are we really talking about here at this point? I don't understand and I'm trying to figure it out because he is literally saying anything and everything to alienate all of his fans and people who are just on the casual side of things. So what is it that's keeping you from parting ways with Kanye West. Because at this point, his music doesn't even slap the way it does. He's making inflammatory comments towards different people groups and towards certain individuals. And even though you want to make the excuse of mental health, mental health, mental health does not give you the pass to be a jackass. There are so many people in this world who are going through mental health issues and don't know how to best communicate those issues with people for fear of ridicule, for fear of being ostracized, whatever the case may be. But for whatever reason, and we know the reason, but I'm just using that as a hyperbolic term at this point. But for whatever reason, Kanye forever gets the pass. Whether it's his recent comments about Jews, about the Jewish community, whether it's his comments about Rosa Parks, or sorry, not Rosa Parks, um, Harriet Tubman not, in fact, actually freeing the slaves, whether it's his comments about, about slavery was a choice, whether it's his allegiance with Donald Trump, and we already know what Donald Trump stands for. Even if he wants to be counterculture or do the opposite of what everyone else is doing, at some point in time, he and his fans and followers have to realize that even though he wants to go in the opposite direction in true contrarian style, sometimes that direction is not often the best direction to go into. Because now you're aligned with people like Donald Trump. Now you're aligned with people like Candace Owens. Now you're aligned with people who share very radical thoughts that are damaging to other people. Now, I'm not calling for a boycott on his music or his clothing. I don't really do boycotts. Like, that's not really my thing. And I'm not going to tell other people to do it. That's, that's very off-brand for me. But I will say that after a certain point in time, you kind of have to question the integrity of whomever you're a fan of if it gets to this point. 
Like this type of meltdown within showbiz, I have. I don't think I've ever seen this before. I don't think I have. This this is unprecedented. I've I've discontinued listening to other recording artists for lesser reasons. If anything, more music related reasons. Me not listening to Kanye anymore was more music related, but the but the theatrical stuff was was well a part of it as well. Because even though prior to Jesus, there were still things that he did in the media that I kind of raised an eyebrow to. I think the biggest thing up until that point was when he upstaged Taylor Swift at the VMAs in, in 2009 and said that Beyonce had a better music video and that she deserved that award over Taylor. That's why I was like, okay, Kanye, you got to chill. You've got to chill. Like, I'm not the biggest Taylor Swift fan either, but that was her moment. You can't just upstage her just because you don't like the fact that she won an award and that Beyonce uh, didn't win one. And then it also reminds me of the time when Beck won Album of the Year and he, you know, jokingly was about to upstage him and then, you know, he went, he left the stage and then Beck was like, no, no, come back, whatever, right? That was fine, but then later on in the in the backstage show, after show, whatever, he still dismissed the fact that it, sh it shouldn't have been Beck that won. Listen, he won the award. Get the fuck over it. Like, I, I feel like I'm at a loss for words right now because there's not much more I can add to this whole Kanye debacle or the crumbling of his empire that I can already, you know, expound upon because I feel like at this point it's very self-explanatory. You know, it's one of those things where when an empire crumbles within, there's no turning back from that. Like once it's gone, it's gone. And so I can only imagine what Kanye's empire is going to look like when this is all said and done. Like give it, like let's let's look at, let's look at what happens in January of 2023. Because right now his, his whole entire empire is crumbling, crumbling right before our very own eyes, right? Let's see what happens in 2023. In January, maybe maybe January is a bit too soon. Maybe nothing at all will happen in January. But let's look at 2023 as a whole and see what happens. Because I don't know how Kanye or anyone else for that matter can come back from this. Because now he's just burning all of his bridges. And no matter how much you align yourself to people, whether it's a Piers Morgan, whether it's a, a, a Tucker Carlson, whether it's a Candace Owens who view you as the token black guy who gets these radical views, unlike your other black counterparts, people are going to want to see you crumble. And there's only so much that somebody can say to an individual like Kanye who's lived in a glass house for however many years now, ever since being famous. But at this point, it's almost like, I don't, like it's it's confusingly comical. That's the best way to put it. It's confusingly comical. Like you almost feel as though you're watching a TV show or a reality show specifically. And with reality shows, you question what is reality based on the way you see these people living and, and what their morals are, whatever the case may be. And you're looking at Kanye and you're like, wow, this is how you actually think. Mental health or not, this is actually, this is actually how you think. Your thoughts are being orated by yours truly. 
and this is how you feel. Listen, when Kim Kardashian, the world's biggest attention seeker and 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 and, and profiter of controversy, is telling the world that she wants to get a divorce from Kanye. That should let you know something. All I'll say is this. Kanye needs to take accountability. I'm not even aiming this at the fans anymore. Like, you guys can make your choice. Make your bed and sleep in it. But when it comes to Kanye West, he needs to take accountability. He needs to understand that his words are hurting people. And he needs to understand that his words are are burning bridges not just with people and fans and family members and everything in between but with businesses as well adidas balenciaga chase bank whatever the case may be these people aren't putting the smoking gun to your head you are putting the smoking gun to your head they're the ones telling you to put the gun down and you're the one who still has the finger on the trigger Kanye, you need to stop right now. But hey, I could be wrong on all of this. Question is, what do you all think? You already know how that goes, ladies and gents. Feel free to hit me up on all my socials and give me your thoughts on the Kanye debacle. All right, so let's get into trip talk. Three of the hot topics that took place within hip-hop and pop culture. And with that being said, let's get into it. So going back to Black Panther Wakanda Forever, not only is it gearing up for release, but on top of that, what's also gearing up for release is the original soundtrack for uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And this time around, the soundtrack is being headlined uh, by the lead single, which is entitled Lift Me Up, which is performed by Rihanna. So not only is it performed by Rihanna, but it's the writing credits also belong to her, as well as Thames, Ryan Coogler, and Ludwig Göransson, who composed the original score for the first Black Panther film. So uh, Coogler was asked about uh, the single Lift Me Up, and he was given his perspective on the conversation that he had with Rihanna. And this, these are the comments that Coogler made, and I quote, she said, I was trying to do this man and his family justice. I was trying to make something worthy of what he gave to us. So I take uh, no credit in that. We was all just playing a role. So the person that Rihanna was referring to was Chadwick Boseman, of course. And basically she was just stating that she wanted to make a tribute to him, which I can totally respect. And on top of that, uh, Coogler then added, it felt right for us because motherhood is a massive theme in this movie. And that was kind of timing up for her. In a similar way, when we were finishing the first film, Kendrick was kind of inheriting this crown. What was the chances of us making this movie and Rihanna becoming a mom? So referring to Rihanna becoming a mom, of course, and then the uh, the one of the main principles of the film being you know, motherhood. So I thought that was interesting. I thought that was interesting. Um, there's a music video out for it. I've yet to see the music video. I'll, I'll give it a watch whenever I'm ready. Um, and as far as the soundtrack goes, I don't know what to expect from it. I remember when the soundtrack was being announced for the other, uh, for the, for the first Black Panther film, 
I was thinking you're gonna just get a bunch of you know different artists to collaborate on it. You know they'll they'll have a single, the other person will have a single, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But what ended up happening was that Kendrick Lamar not only gave us a single or multiple singles for that album, but he curated the entire album. He basically made it his own project in a sense. It was like Kendrick and Friends essentially. So that album, as you all know, became my favorite album of 2018. And it stood on top of 2018 for the entire year because it came out in February of 2018. And in my opinion, there was no better hip-hop album uh, or hip-hop-inspired album at the very least that came out that year that was better than Black Panther, in my opinion. And you could say that, oh, you know, you're a fanboy of Marvel. You're a fan. You could call it that. You could. You could if you want. I'll give you that. But if you listen to the album, and I listened to that album extensively, multiple times, in fact, that album told a story. And for anyone who knows me, I'm a nerd for storytelling. So when you give me an album that tells me a story, whether it's Drake, J. Cole, Frank Ocean, Kendrick, you name it, I'm down to listen to it as long as the story is compelling, it's convincing. And the fact that he was able to do so while collaborating with multiple artists who are along the same vision line as him, to me, that's remarkable. Now, are we going to get that this time around with this album? I don't know. If we do, great. If not, I'm not mad at it, because usually when it comes to an OST, it's usually just a bunch of artists collaborating together for, 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 for one project, and then that's about it. You you pick and choose what, what singles you like, you call it a day. That's fine. That's fine. I'm not going to hold it to that same candle, because I don't even think that Ryan Coogler was expecting Kendrick to take the full reins on creating an album for the movie until, I don't know, maybe a few months down the line, he was like, okay, you know what, let me take over this. So I'll judge it like I'll judge any other OST. I think the first Black Panther soundtrack was the exception to the rule. It was an aberration, if you will. But this time around, it doesn't seem like we're having that same direction. Uh, so, you know... We'll, we'll see what happens. You know, I'll listen to the to the album itself. I'll pick and choose what songs I like and then just go from there. But, hey, you know, kudos to Rihanna for having the lead single on the on the uh, project as well as, you know, her f uh, finding inspiration um, and wanting to pay tribute and homage to Chadwick Boseman. Can't get mad at that. But anyways, what do you all think? Uh, are you guys looking forward to the soundtrack? Are you looking forward to the single? Are you looking forward to watching the music video for the lead single? Either way, hit me up. Uh, share me your thoughts and let's talk about it. Speaking of albums, another album is being uh, slated to be released very soon. Not only is it being slated to be released very soon, but it also just so happens to be getting released on the same day as Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And that is the third installment of King's Disease from Nas. Now, you guys already know Nas is my favorite rapper of all time, and he's also my favorite recording artist of all time. That's just me. And you guys already know that when it comes to this latest string of you know albums he's been putting out since 2020, he hasn't missed. King's Disease Part 1 was a very, very well thought out and welcomed album in my books, especially the debacle that was his... 2018 album Nazir, which I completely blame Kanye West on. It's to the point where I even forget from time to time that that was part of his discography. So I'm going to blame that one on Kanye. Um, but yeah, King's Disease Part 1 was solid and it had a very, 
you know, adult contemporary feel to it, which I can appreciate. King's Disease 2 followed that up literally like a year later in the summertime as well. And in my opinion, that album is a few notches above King's Disease Part 1. I didn't think it'd be possible. I'm like, wow. I actually like this album better. And I had to give myself some time to think about it. But I listened to both albums back and forth. And I was like, yeah, no. King's Disease, King's Disease 2 hits harder than King's Disease Part 1. Like, if King's Disease... If I were to give it, like, an 8 out of 10, for example, I'd probably give King's Disease 2 a 9 out of 10. And then you had, later on, that same year, I think during Christmas time, or around the holiday season, he gave us Magic, which was a solid 7 to 8 track offering. It was good. I liked it. It was cool. To me, it was more like an appetizer of sorts. I didn't judge it on the same level as King's Disease 1 and 2, but I still enjoyed it. I'm like, okay, this is a nice offering. This is cool. He had a dope record with uh, ASAP Rocky that was produced by uh, DJ Premier. I thought it was cool hearing Rocky on a different type of beat that we're not normally used to hearing from him. So I think that was dope. Uh, so that being said, King's Disease Part 3. Um, I'm very curious to know who he has on the album, if anyone, as far as just like featured guest verses and what have you. Um, I'm still dreaming of the day where I'm going to hear a collaboration between him and one of the following artists uh, in no particular order. J. Cole, Lupe Fiasco, Drake, Kendrick Lamar, Big Crit. Maybe Wale, depending on what version of Wale we get, as well as Logic, again, depending on what version of Logic we get. Maybe even Joyner Lucas. I wouldn't even mind that one as well. But I'm hoping that we have at least one of those on the album maybe maybe i don't know maybe a little too much to ask for i just want to hear those as opposed to collaborations from him and 504 and like that does nothing for me i mean kudos to him for reaching out to the younger artists to collaborate with them i'm always a, a big proponent of that but let it be the ones that i want to hear from let it be ones for me the ones that i like i know i'm selfish but I don't care. I want to hear the long-awaited track between him and Kendrick Lamar. So give me that. Give me that. If you... I'll say this. I'll say this. If Nas can give me a track with him and Kendrick Lamar, I don't care if he doesn't collaborate with any of my favorites ever. At all. Just give me Kendrick. Give me Kendrick and, I, and I'll stop asking. I won't ask for Jake anymore. I won't ask for Jake Cole. I won't ask for Lupe. I won't ask for Big Crit. Just give me, just give me one collaboration, one solid collaboration with Kendrick Lamar, and I will stop asking. That's it. That's it. Now, will that come on King's Disease Part Three? Who knows? But the question I have for you all is: Are you looking forward to King's Disease Part Three? I know I am. Either way, share me your thoughts because I'm curious to hear them. And finally, final topic of trip talk. Uh, we gotta get into this. Let's talk let's talk about Kanye one more time, right? One more time. One more time, one more time, y'all. We can do this. So on top of his claims of you know what he what he regards or what or how he feels about the Jewish community or what he feels about corporations, even though he's so begged to be a part of corporations. He made yet another claim during that Pierce Morgan interview in which he stated that the idea for the Quentin Tarantino film Django Unchained was his idea. 
Now you're probably asking, how, what, how is this possible? Well, it appears that Quentin Tarantino uh, went on Jimmy Kimmel Live to address that. So this is the quote that he made. And I quote, there's no truth to the idea that Kanye came up with the idea of Django. That didn't happen. I've had the idea for Django for a while before I ever met Kanye. I wanted to do a giant movie version of College Dropout the way he did the album. He wanted to get big directors to do different tracks from the album and then release it as like this giant movie. He then continued on. So me and Kanye used it as an excuse to meet each other. So we met each other and had a really good time and he did have an idea for a video and I do think it was for the Gold Digger video that he would be a slave. Sorry, I'm just reading this off the website and it looks like it just cut off basically. But essentially he's basically stating that there was no there's no proof to even confirm that that that, that Django Unchained was his idea. And I believe Tarantino when he says that because we have to remember that Django Unchained came out in December of 2012. The music video for Gold Digger came out in 2005. College Dropout came out in 2004. Jamie Foxx at the time was just coming off the heels of of uh, his performance of Ray. And so his star power was pro probably peak level at that time. What people also have to remember is the fact that when the film Django Unchained was was in the middle of pre-production, Jamie Foxx wasn't the one who was on tap to play the role of Django. It was Will Smith. So the fact that Kanye is stating that he wanted or that he had this idea for Django while on the set for this music video of, of Gold Digger, which obviously Jamie Foxx was a part of, is bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. Because he wasn't on, he wasn't tapped, because Jamie Foxx at that time wasn't tapped to play the role of Django. It was Will Smith. Will Smith was the first choice to play Django. And we don't know exactly when Tarantino asked uh, Will Smith to do it. Actually, I don't have it on hand. We'd have to research that. But nonetheless, Will Smith was the first one to be tapped for that role. And he turned it down because he didn't want to do anything slave-related, which is now ironic as fuck because of the fact that he has a slave movie on Apple TV Plus that I already addressed and I'm not going to touch on again. But it just shows that he's lying. He is a pathological liar at this point. And so Jamie Foxx was the one who eventually took the role and the rest is history, as we all know. So... Kanye is lying once again. Kanye is full of himself yet again. And you can blame it on mental health if you want. You can blame it on him not taking his meds, whatever the case may be. But why lie about being the one who had the idea for Django Unchained? Like, what good does that do anyone at this point? Like, if that was, if that was in fact your idea for that film... Why is this now coming out 10 years later? Like, literally a decade later. Why are you now saying that the idea for Django Unchained was, in fact, was allegedly yours, I should say? Why didn't you reveal this upon release of the film? Especially when the film was red hot. I, he's a clown at this point. I mean, there's, not, there's nothing more I can say. There's nothing more I can say about that. 
But anyways, what do you guys think about that story? Again, share me your thoughts because I'm curious to know what you guys think about that as well. And to wrap things up, talking about clown shows and stuff like that, you guys already know what time it is. It's time for for me to give y'all what you've been waiting for for so long. On that note, who has been crowned the captain of coonery? And who is walking into the hallowed walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. Now, it would seem obvious to give Kanye the Wankster of the Week. Um, and no doubt he is. But I will give you guys a double dose. So not only is he the Wankster of the Week, but he is the co-Wankster of the week and i haven't done a shared wankster of the week in a while actually so i'm gonna give you guys a double dose of the wankster of the week so kanye is going to be the wankster of the week because of all the things i've outlined for the past 45 minutes now give or take but he is sharing that wankster alongside another one of his enthusiasts if you will and that other co-wankster is none other than brooklyn nets player kyrie irving Kyrie Irving is getting the wankster of the week mainly because of the fact that he somehow retweeted a tweet that shared a link to a video um, that shared anti-Semitic remarks uh, with regards to the Jewish community. And it's bad enough that the Brooklyn Nets are having their own fair share of issues, whether that's Kevin Durant being a diva and requesting a trade uh, during the summertime, whether that's Ben Simmons playing like complete complete and total dog shit and whether that's you know the whole management of that franchise is in shambles right now Kyrie Irving yet again is adding to that mess that 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 debacle if you will and the interesting about the interesting thing about that is the fact that Joe Sy had to put out a release on social media stating that he's disappointed with Kyrie Irving and his actions and that the Brooklyn Nets do not stand for that at all now, there is no word as to whether or not he'll get suspended uh, for his remark, or well, not even his remarks, but his, I guess, his participation in the spreading of anti-Semitic remarks. Um, I feel like there should be, because if this goes against your 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 policies and your team policies and, and as far as conduct and what have you, then there should be some punishment involved in that. I mean, if we are going to punish the likes of Donald Sterling, and the likes of of uh, Robert Sarver, the the former owner of the Phoenix Suns, for their racist and sexist remarks towards uh, other groups, then I feel like we should keep that same energy for the players as well. Now, I'm not saying that I'm going to get pleasure in this, obviously not. But if he's out here, you know, uh, sharing the same rhetoric as people people who you know want to defame those of other backgrounds, then he should get punished for it. I mean, we literally just witnessed the punishment of an NBA coach for having an affair, a consensual affair at that, mind you, with another with another uh, with another person of the organization, and they got suspended for the entire year. I'm not saying that Kyrie should get, should get suspended for an entire year, but he should get punished and he should be held accountable for his actions. And if anything it'll be a win for him because that'll be one less game that he gets to play for the regular season since he doesn't like playing a full regular season anyway. So with that, I say Kyrie is the co-winks of the week alongside Kanye West.
And with that, that does it for yet another episode of uh, Cool Radio. So I want to thank you all for tuning in like you normally do. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or anything of that sort, feel free to hit me up on all my socials at DM underscore cool or at cool. Sorry, or at cool for thought, the number four, and then cool for thought, basically. So anyways, hit me up on all my socials and let me know what you guys are thinking uh, about any of the topics that I've mentioned in this particular episode or in past episodes or what you want me to discuss in the future going forward. But until then, that about does it for another edition of Cool Radio. Once again, I am your man, DM Cool. And I'm here to remind you yet again that Cool Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace.